This is the Daily Signal podcast for Monday, April 18th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Rob Bluey. On today's show, I chat with David Bossy and Jason Killian Meath about their new film, Rigged, the Zuckerberg-funded plot to defeat Donald Trump. We also read your letters to the editor and share a good news story about how one little boy in New Hampshire made a big impact on his local fire department with a small donation. Before we get to today's show, we want to tell you about another great Heritage Foundation podcast called Heritage Explains. Heritage Explains episodes are quick and easy to listen to because hosts Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher break down complex policy issues using stories, clips, and expert analysis. Recent Heritage Explains episodes dive deep into what you need to know about the crisis at the southern border, inflation, and Russia's war on Ukraine. You can find all the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We even put the full episode on YouTube. Now stay tuned for today's show, coming up next. Mark Zuckerberg is best known for creating and leading Facebook, a company that's made him one of the wealthiest men in the world. With an estimated worth of $80 billion, he poured hundreds of millions of dollars of his fortune into the 2020 election. Here's the thing. You probably had no idea that Zuckerberg was influencing the outcome of the most contentious presidential election in our lifetime. That's because we didn't learn the true extent of Zuckerberg's financial contributions until the voting had already taken place. Now, thanks to a new 40-minute documentary film from Citizens United Productions, we know what he did and how to prevent it from happening again. Citizens United President David Bossie hosts and narrates the film, Rigged, the Zuckerberg-Funded Plot to Defeat Donald Trump. He joins us in studio today, along with director Jason Killian Meath, who is with us remotely. David, let's start with you. How did Mark Zuckerberg help defeat Donald Trump, and how did he get away with it? Such a great question. Uh, What most people don't know, and I would think that most people listening to this right now don't know, that Mark Zuckerberg spent $400 million in the 2020 election cycle. Uh, And he spent it specifically in just the last several months of the campaign through... Uh, these nonprofits, and he sent his money through the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, which is his he and his wife's uh, operation, and they sent the money to these two uh, very hardcore left-wing organizations, the Center for Tech and Civic Life and one other, and that's the Center for CTCL, uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, received about $327 million dollars. And just to put it in perspective, their budget in 2019 was $1 million. Their budget for 2020 was $328 million. It's just a, a an incredible flow of money that came in there. But their money went out in these grants uh, to state and local uh, election officials. And they were required, they basically used that money for a giant, massive Democrat get-out-the-vote effort, uh, using the drop boxes and mail-in ballots and absentee ballot programs to generate votes for Joe Biden. Um, and in, and and I submit that if Mark Zuckerberg doesn't spend the $400 million uh, in the last three or four months of the campaign, uh, Joe Biden does not win. So what was it that inspired you to make this film? We've heard President Trump talk about the stolen election. We've had other people talk about a rigged election. This must have been a massive undertaking on your part to 
wade through documents, information that many people in the mainstream media or legacy media would have just as easily ignored and, and let let be gone. Yeah, they have. Much like the Hunter Biden laptop story. You know, they they suppress the they suppress these stories. They don't want to tell the stories. They don't cover the stories. Uh, these are these are important issues and and the 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 biased corporate media that we live in and with today, uh, they decide what the American people know and what they don't know, uh, and so we decided after much like half of America uh, that voted and supported uh, Donald Trump, I was frustrated and that I felt like there needed to be an answer to this thirst out there in America, this passion that has made uh, uh, you know election integrity, which is kind of a boring subject in most matters. Most people don't care about it. It's not in the top five or top 10 issues in America when you look at the polling data. And election integrity is now at the top of polls, especially Republican primary voters. They don't want to vote for somebody who is not going to take a position to answer and solve the problems of what happened in the past. And so with that question out there and my uh, relationship with President Trump, you know, uh, that has been long, long standing. Uh, we decided that we would try to take this on. And it was only through the process of making it did we understand the actual narrative. And and Jason Meath, who this is my third film with Jason, you know, his ability uh, to put this together, uh, his ability to see the, the, the narrative uh, and that force through the trees – because it's so detail oriented, but you have to keep it, you know, interesting and high level, uh, while at the same time giving them the granular detail that's necessary for people to understand and and feel like they took away something. It's a real art form, and it's really hard to do. And 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 my my writing partner on this, Jason Meath, did an amazing job on it. Jason, how were you able to uncover the information that's featured in the film? I always know that when I'm going into one of these projects, it's it's going to be meticulously uh, researched and sourced, and we're not going to leave anything to chance and, and going to be very thorough. And that is certainly the case here. I, I received a call from Dave, I would say like a little bit before Thanksgiving last year, and uh, he sort of told me about this Mark Zuckerberg uh, money and I had to sort of Google it because I had maybe heard a little bit about it, but the mainstream press really just doesn't cover this. And I started researching it. We started talking. As we were planning the pre-production of the film, more facts were coming out about this because there was mul- there's numerous investigations and, and various folks uh, in, in various elect- uh, election integrity uh, outfits that were looking at this, Scott Walters Capital Research Center, looking at uh, various uh, aspects of of the Zuckerberg funded uh, money for the that went into the election, and so I started learning pretty much at the same time as making the film what we were really talking about and what really had transpired in 2020. And the more I learned, the really the more kind of shocked I was and really knew that we had a story here that needed to get out. Uh, there's been talk about this. Uh, um, there was a book called Rigged as well uh, that, you know, uh, detailed some of this and uh, it was very good. So we were so we were able to kind of follow some of the tax filings that 
that uh, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative and, the, and CTCL were putting out there that also helped guide us as to where this money was distributed. It's a captivating film. It's it's truly uh, really beneficial, I think, for a lot of our Daily Signal listeners and our audience who asks us all of the time for this evidence. And now you've given them a, a, a real um, blockbuster uh, film to do that. President Trump, you mentioned uh, he was at your premiere at Mar-a-Lago. He also stars in the film. Who are some of the other people that you interviewed and what information do you bring to light in the uh, in the film itself? So folks can go uh, to rigged2020.com and you can stream it on any device anywhere in the world uh, at any time. Uh, and I urge you to do that. And you can go there just to watch the trailer. You can watch the and, and read about the film. You can learn about the cast, our incredible cast of from Ken Blackwell to Ken Cuccinelli to Cleta Mitchell. Um, uh, to uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, Congressman uh, Jody Heiss. Uh, we have um, Newt Gingrich and Kellyanne Conway and, of course, President Trump in the film. Uh, we have Michael Gableman, uh, who is a, a, a former Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin, who is the special counsel appointed by the state legislature up there conducting his investigation. It is, an, it is a, a really star-studded um a cast and the interviews and the the narrative that we are able to tell f- through those interviews really is very powerful. Uh, and then, of course, the documentation of it. Uh, we we gained access to this information not through any other way other than CTCLs, the Center for Tech and Civic Life's own. IRS 990 forms, which were just filed this January. So it's only been three or four months um, since we've had really access to the to the to the detail of it. And when we found those, I'm just going to give you a couple of pieces of information. You know, in, in those in those tax r- returns in Wisconsin, as an example, it showed grants to Kenosha of eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars. to both Green Bay and Madison, $1.7 million to Racine, and and $3.4 million to Milwaukee. Those are three Democrat strongholds in the state. And so, you know, it was about 85% of the money of Zuckerberg's money in the state went to Biden-controlled districts. And by the way, the Zuckerberg uh, defenders say that a majority of uh, of the grants went to red counties, went to Trump-leaning counties. I don't care about that. Like, that may be true. It may not be true. It may be true. But five and $10,000 grants don't change an election. What changes an election are the 162 grants that we uncovered that totaled $272 million, and 92% of that money went to Biden districts. That's putting your thumb on the scale of an election. Jason, when the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative would make these donations that you talk of, what was the stated purpose for doing so, and and how was that money actually spent? Yeah. Well, in the tax filing, it is written you have to declare what you're spending the money for. Uh, it's part of the law. You've got to say what is you know where's this money going, and it's very clear. We have it in the film on their tax filing. It said is it is to uh, conduct safe elections during the COVID-19. Uh, and so that would seem to indicate, I mean, even though that's kind of a general uh, category, a safe election, what is a safe election? Um, 
you know, you would think PPE and gloves and things like that to keep you safe from, uh, from getting COVID. But that is not at all what the money was spent for. And uh, it, it may be a very small percentage. I think we heard figures of 3%, 6%, uh, something along those lines. It, it was, um, went to any kind of PPE or COVID protection. Uh, so th the bulk of the money, the vast majority, the hundreds of millions uh, of the money, they went to get out the vote operations is what, what it amounted to. Who are some of the other major players involved in this scheme, particularly those who have a long history in democratic politics? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative uh, is just a, a, a repository of, of tech, of, of their cash, really, and so that they could give it out. And, and in the movie, we talk about other places that that uh, uh, that they give to all left wing, the Obama Foundation, the Clinton Foundation and uh, many, many of the who's who of the left wing, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative um, uh, donates to the person who is the chief strategist for the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is David Pluff. David Pluff was Barack Obama's campaign manager. Uh, and another person involved is Joel Benenson, who was the chief strategist for Hillary Clinton's um, 2016 presidential campaign. And of course, David Pluff is, a is an author of a, of a book, uh, The Citizen's Guide to Defeating Donald Trump. These are dedicated partisans who Mark Zuckerberg hires and works with to give them the money to do strategically what they want. And one of those went to, uh, as I said, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which received a, 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 a huge majority of the money that they gave out, $327 million of the $400 million went to them. And uh, the two leaders of that group, Tiana Epps-Johnson, an Obama fellow at the Obama Foundation, uh, and Donnie Bridges, uh, both had previously worked at the New Organizing Institute, which is a hardcore, um, some would be if polite people like myself call it socialist, but it's really, Mark Levin calls it a communist organization. And so uh, it, it, is, uh, it is something, the New Organizing Institute, the Washington Post called the Hogwarts, uh, the Democrat Party's Hogwarts for digital wizardry. These are the these people really understand data, they understand digital operations, they understand uh, the strategy on how to win. And that's really who Mark Zuckerberg is saying in his in his in his defense, he says this was through a nonpartisan 501c3. Well, these are the people that are running it. That's that's like saying you know, Robert, it's like you—it's like you setting up a foundation and putting me in charge of it, and saying it's nonpartisan. I mean, nobody's going to think that Dave Bossy woke up tomorrow and is not going to be the conservative activist that he's been his entire life. It's just—it begs credulity. Now, you focus on three states in the film: Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. What happened there, and why are those three so important? Well, so the, we decided on those three states because when you look at the vote tallies of the 2020 election, uh, those three battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, comprised 42,000 votes uh, in those three states. So 42,000 votes in those three states is the reason that Joe Biden is president. Uh, 
So we, we conducted most of our focus on those states. I will say, though, that when you look at the where the money was spread around, they spread this money to states like that were very safe states like New York and California and and Massachusetts. I mean, just about every state received money. And I do believe that that was uh, because they wanted an insurance policy. They wanted to make sure that the popular vote total for Joe Biden, if you remember when he won, everybody was talking about how this was the, that no other president had ever received this many votes. Uh, and I always was left scratching my head thinking, first of all, there's a pandemic and we were told that nobody was going to be able to vote and nobody was, people were going to be afraid to vote. Second of all, Joe Biden did not run a campaign. He basically hid in his basement most of the time. And when he did go out, there was, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people standing in circles to, you know, in, in socially distant circles to look at him and he couldn't even fill up those. So, that always left me scratching my head, like, how in the world did this many people, how, how are they so enthusiastic to go out and vote for this man? Well, it turns out that they had a lot of help from, you know, $400 million uh, donation to, to get these people to get out, get these people to mail in votes, get these people to go to drop boxes uh, and churn out votes wherever they could possibly find them. Not even just in the battleground states, even though those were extremely important for the electoral win, they also juiced those popular numbers. Now, you have documented when you follow the money, the vast majority went to Democrat-heavy areas. Did any of the nearly $400 million go to election offices in areas that were more likely to support President Trump? Uh, well, yes. So they like to counter by anybody ever criticizing anything that they did with well, you you know, we most of this money, you know, there were more. No, they didn't say most of the money. They will say more grants went to Trump districts than to Biden districts. And that may be true. But the problem is, when you look at the grants, if you applied for a grant, I don't care who you were, they'd give you they'd give you five thousand dollars, maybe ten thousand. But they're not going to they, they didn't give. $42 million, $20 million, $15 million to Trump districts. They were giving those to Joe Biden heavy areas. That's where the serious money went. You can't flip an election on $5,000, but you can flip an election, you know, putting $25 million into a jurisdiction or $40 million into a, a Democrat rich county. That's where you start flipping the election. Well, thank you for connecting those dots for us. We've heard how the left used COVID-19 to change voting laws, some illegally in states like Pennsylvania. Uh, but this reaches a whole new level, what you've just described. Why didn't we see this coming in 2020? And what are some of the ways that we can prevent it from happening in the future? Such good questions. And, and because it is very important what you just pointed out. All of this was under the guise of COVID-19, of of performing a safe election for everybody. But even NPR, and we talk about it in the film, even NPR says a very small percentage, and when I say very small, single-digit percentages, went to actual COVID safety, masks and plexiglass and the like. Uh, a, all of the money really went to GOTV efforts and, and, and to make Joe Biden able to win this thing. I 
was involved in the campaign. Uh, it, look, I was the deputy campaign manager at Kellyanne Conway, Steve Bannon, and I ran it in 2016. In 2020, there was a n- different group of people, but we still were able to help. But I didn't get involved in the GOTV or effort or the Election Day operations effort in 2020. And clearly, we overlooked. It, it's not that we overlooked it, but we didn't see around the corners that guys who run presidential campaigns need to see around. That's your job is to see around a corner, and it's very difficult to do. Um, and the RNC, the RNC has to do uh, its part, um, which which it, it 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 was again. It was there in sixteen. It was there in twenty. We they they have to have a machine. And and by the way, in this midterm election right now that we're in, there is no overriding national campaign to help run it. It really is the RNC, but maybe a little bit the senatorial committee, the congressional committee, but not really. It's got to be the RNC who, um, without a doubt, owns and operates what is going to happen as far as the election day activities and the legal side of things, meaning. Are we going to go into court before Election Day, not after it's over, not after we've had a problem, but before? Are we going to do this over the summer and into the fall to make sure that we are fighting every fight that can be picked? Like, you have to go out and find these. And that takes an enormous—they have Mark Elias. They have a guy who— all day long, he sits around and his team sits around, and they are going state by state, county by county, across the country to fi- try to figure out where can they win, where can they do damage to the Republican Party. We have to do the same, and we have to have a dedicated group of people who are willing to go and fight the fight every single day, lawyers and 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 political operatives who are going to c- scour the country to find these weaknesses to find the places where we're being uh, uh, adversely affected and go fight those in court before election day not after now one question that I have for you in in light of what has transpired recently could Zuckerberg or perhaps another billionaire step in and do this again in 2022 during the midterms this year or 2024? Yeah, well, so think about this. They they did this to a president. They they were able to be extremely effective in changing the results or certainly helped change the results at the very least of a of a United States presidential election defeating a sitting president. If they can do that, well, now they're emboldened. They can do anything they want. I mean, they, you know, it, and nothing is stopping uh, any other tech billionaire from coming in and throwing money into a race at the current at the current rate. Um, by and large, uh, there are there are seventeen some seventeen states that are trying to pass laws to ban the use of this type of private money. But the problem is, in a lot of those Democrat swing states, uh, the Democratic governors are vetoing the bills. So there's nothing to say that in those places, in those areas, that this would not happen again. And I also would mention that in states like Pennsylvania and others that were very critical in terms of uh, giving the election to Joe Biden, you know, they ignored their own laws in 2020. Many of these states saw this money coming in, many of these election offices saw this money flowing into their doors and ended up ignoring a lot of their voting laws. 
in favor of throwing out drop boxes into, you know, onto street corners or uh, distributing mail-in ballots, you know, wherever they possibly could. I mean, I know that just in my house, I received five mail-in ballots. I mean, why do I need five mail-in ballots for myself? Um, and this was happening all over the place. So there's nothing to really stop them unless we, you know, unless more states, more crucial states pass, you know, election integrity laws. Well, with that being said, what is your message to state legislators who are debating this right now, either in their states or considering doing something in the future that would that would forbid private funding of government elections in the future? Right. I think that, you know, a film like this can certainly help try to get us on message and to try to see the gravity of what's going on uh, in in our elections. And the more information like this that we can get out to people, you know, we uh, interviewed Janelle Branchin, who's in the Wisconsin legislature, and she's in the film, um, a, a, along with Justice Gableman, who was appointed to conduct an investigation of what happened in Wisconsin. And it it is very telling when you talk to them what they're up against, you know, even in some even some Republican lawmakers are scared to talk about election integrity, mainly because if you remember, right after uh, President Trump questioned the election results and other conservatives questioned the election results, the media and the Democrats freaked out to the point where they wanted to cancel them all. They wanted to throw them off television. They wanted to call them traitors. They wanted to call them even worse names uh, because they were spreading disinformation and all of this. Uh, all that's a smokescreen because this isn't disinformation. This is the truth. And people need to be armed with the truth in order to make bold moves. And that's what legislatures need to do is put on their battle armor, get armed with the facts and go out there and try to correct our very broken election system. And Jason, as I understand it, you and Citizens United Productions have faced your own challenges in terms of getting the message out, uh, not only through advertising, but uh, perhaps other uh, big players in the media world who uh, perhaps don't want this message uh, reaching voters. Can you explain some of the, the difficulties you've had with uh, in Silicon Valley and other areas? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you know, Dave is much closer to the day by day of what's happening in terms of uh, PayPal restricting the movie and platforms uh, restricting getting our advertising and our message out. Uh, that happens, of course, to conservatives all the time. I can tell you as a filmmaker who happens to make films that don't toe the liberal line, so in other words, conservative filmmaker, I can't even approach some platforms. Uh, I don't even bother. I know that nobody at Netflix is going to take anything that I'm making. Um, because think about it, you know, you're a mid-level guy buying a, a film that talks about ele election integrity and the, and the fact that maybe Donald Trump was right in questioning the election results and, and your boss is going to fire you. The guy that owns Netflix is a raging liberal. So, um, you know, the, I, I get that they, that they're hamstrung here, but these people try to shut down conservatives all the time. And they're going to try to stifle this movie. And that's one reason that Citizens United was brilliant in starting their own platform, uh, rig2020.com, which has all of their films and all of their content on there for people to watch. And uh, what I understand uh, that someone told me today, that 59 countries around the world are accessing and streaming this movie. 
So people all over the world are interested in this. And the only way that they're going to find out the truth is by going to rig2020.com and subscribing to watch the film because uh, it's very difficult to get these messages out in any other platform. Before I let you go, I've got to ask the question of what President Trump's reaction was to the film when he was able to see it at Mar-a-Lago. The president came up and he said to everybody uh, in attendance, his quote was, I really liked a lot of movies over the course of my life. He says, Citizen Kane was excellent. Gone with the Wind was excellent. Titanic was excellent. But this is the one I most look forward to seeing. <laughs> so that was straight from the president at the premiere. And when he said that, it made it all worthwhile because that's what we're doing it for. We don't want another 2020 to happen again. I watched him watch the movie. It was really interesting. Um, and and I, I'd done a lot of things with the president, but I'd never watched a movie with him before uh, in a movie theater. And uh, he, he after it was over, he stood up and he turned to me and he said, you know, this is really sad. And I didn't know where he was going with it. And he said, no, this is really sad. It's sad that this happened and it's sad that you had to make this movie. And he said, you know what? It's actually depressing. This is what you just described in this film is so powerful. It should never have happened. And and it did happen. Um, and it's depressing that that's the reason that Joe Biden is president. Um, and and but but he also is on the other hand, he's happy now to have the facts and evidence and it, and, and, it, and it was borne out in North Carolina this past weekend because he talked about the movie at the rally that he had there in North Carolina. He also showed the trailer several times to the crowd. It was incredibly well received. But, you know, the president is a fighter. It's why he and I get along so well. We, 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 we're both fighters and we are never going to stop fighting uh, for what we believe in. And so. I'm going to help him do whatever he wants, uh, you know, right now, if, and that is winning back the House and Senate and using this as a vehicle to help us do that, to make sure we're, and, and, and then to make sure that the RNC and, and other campaigns and candidates are ready to talk about this issue, are ready to fight on the election integrity issues before Election Day. And then we'll see what he ends up doing in 2024. But I'm along for the ride, whatever he's doing. David, tell our listeners one more time how they can get the film. Uh, please go to rigged2020.com. You can stream it anywhere in the world on any device. Uh, and uh, there's you can use PayPal. You can use uh, uh, Apple Pay. It's an amazing thing, technology today. Uh, back when I started making films, we were on VHS. And today, it's all digital, and you can watch it anywhere in the world, and it's an amazing thing. The, when I showed the president the trailer for it the first time, I actually pulled it up on my phone and mirrored it to his television in his office. And I, I, it was just the technology today, everybody takes it, younger people take it for granted, but it is, it is an amazing thing. The impact and the depth you can now have with a film, uh, whereas back in the day... It was really hard. You had to go to a movie theater or have, you know, or, or send it to somebody on a VHS. Today, digitally, it's, it, it's a game changer. People can send this film rigged all across the country. And, and please do make sure 
people know this film exists, go to rig2020.com and, and watch it for yourself. And you have made dozens of fantastic oh. films throughout your career. Uh, it is uh, truly uh, remarkable. Uh, thank you for the work that you do each and every day, David, because we are, we are grateful. We know the power of, of video and film uh, is just so impactful. It really is, and, and thank you for reminding me, because all of those films, our entire library is up. You go to rig2020.com, the entire catalog of films, all 27 films are there. So Ronald Reagan, Rendezvous with Destiny, with Newt Gingrich, another uh, and, and Callista Gingrich, another film, which is one of my favorites, Nine Days That Changed the World, our film, uh, Newt and Callista Gingrich, and my film, on Pope John Paul II. Uh, it is, uh, in my opinion, one of the great films. One, it came in second at the Vatican Film. Film Festival uh, many years ago, and I, I, I just love that. It's my, one of my favorite films, and I urge everybody to, to go watch this film, and then you get to enjoy uh, uh, lots of other films that are up there. David and Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all you're doing, Rob. Appreciate it. The Heritage Foundation has a new website to combat critical race theory. CRT, as it's known, makes race the centerpiece of all aspects of American life. It categorizes individuals into groups of oppressors and victims. The idea is infiltrating everything from our politics and education to the workplace and even our military. Heritage has pulled together the resources that you need to identify CRT in your community and the ways to fight it. We also have a legislation tracker so you can see what's happening in your state. Visit heritage.org slash CRT to learn more. Thanks for sending us your letters to the editor. Each Monday, we feature our favorites on this show. Virginia, who's up first? In response to Jarrett Stetman's commentary piece, Biden's radical open borders policies prompt pushback, David Sharp of Fairfax, Virginia, writes, It is the height of insanity, hypocrisy, and ineptitude that there are Border Patrol agents today whose jobs are in jeopardy for refusal to get vaccinated while we are throwing the doors open to millions of illegal immigrants without requiring vaccination or a clean bill of health. Never mind the fact that they don't meet the standards for asylum, nor do they undergo any sort of background check. And in response to Hans von Spakovsky's commentary, University of Virginia Cavalier Daily journalists show Cavalier disrespect for free speech, we received this letter from Hank Maddox. The piece about UVA student newspaper and its editorial board is, in my opinion, arguably the best writing Hans has done to date. Such a timely subject and articulated at the highest level. Perhaps the Heritage Foundation could send a copy to every institution of higher learning with the hope that the younger generations can be saved. Your letter could be featured on next week's show, so send us an email at letters at dailysignal.com. Voting is one of our most important civic duties. Because its impact reaches far and wide, it is important to have trust in our electoral system. That's why the Heritage Foundation created the Election Integrity Scorecard, the scorecard compares each state's voting rules and regulations and gives each state a ranking on their transparency and overall potential for interference and corruption. If you want to understand the nature of the election system in your state, make sure you check out the Election Integrity Scorecard at heritage.org slash election scorecard. It's Monday, and that means it's time for a little bit of good news. And Maggie is back with us today to share a good news story. Maggie, over to you. Thanks, Virginia. Sometimes the smallest donations mean the most. 
Jackson Gilchrist, a fifth grade boy from New Hampshire, recently donated $11 of his own money to his local fire department. The money was from his piggy bank, and he dropped it in their mailbox with a handwritten note. The note said, thank you for your service. Thank you for protecting our town and putting out all the fires and saving our lives. Jackson's mom said he made the donation completely on his own and that he didn't realize what an impact it would have. He came to us one day, it was like just a morning, and said he wanted a ride over to the fire department mm -hmm. um, because he had a letter for them. Jackson told Fox News he learned about the importance of fire departments at school, where they explain the dangers firefighters go through every single day to help others. They do a lot for us, and I didn't think it would go on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> fire Chief Larry Best said that although they received many donations, Jackson's $11 donation and letter stood out to them. This one was uh, special to us just because we could tell that it was from a youngster. Just to know that it came from Jackson, who's a, a fifth grader um, in this day and age, that he wanted to thank the firefighters for what we do. Yeah. Um, we're just here doing our jobs and uh, providing service to the community, and it was just, it was special to us. Jackson's donation shows us that even a small act of kindness can go a long way for those out on our front lines. Maggie, thanks so much for sharing. We're going to leave it there for today. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on the Ricochet Audio Network, and all of our shows are available at dailysignal.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It means a lot to us and helps us spread the word to other listeners. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Daily Signal and Facebook.com slash The Daily Signal News. Have a great week. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Doug Blair. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, please visit DailySignal.com.